Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, November 6th, 2017, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book, and we're on page XIII, forward to the first edition. Beginning with the second full paragraph, it is important that we remain anonymous through six paragraphs, um, taking us to the end of the forward to the first edition uh, at Alcoholics Anonymous. Today's readers are Craig F. for the 12 Steps, Esther F. for the 12 Traditions, Allison L., Elizabeth H. Our newcomer greeter is Penny C., and the host for the second hour is Nadia B. The share ID for yesterday's Sunday special edition, November the 5th, is 10640. Again, that's 10640. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Craig F. to read the 12 steps. Craig, star one, we can't hear you. I'm sorry. There you are. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, I wasn't planning on having to do this, and I'm not as prepared as I'd like to be. Um, okay, the 12 steps of Ohio's Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, we humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. And eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, we made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. And 10, we continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God 
as we understood God, praying only for knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I'll pass. Thank you, Craig. And I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recover compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio, the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, each OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations Policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinent abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book We are on page XIII, forward to the first edition, beginning at the second full paragraph that says it is important that we remain anonymous, and going through six paragraphs, ending with Alcoholics Anonymous. And I will ask Allison L. to begin reading. Hi, good morning. Thank you. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. 
It is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals which may result from this publication. Being mostly business or professional folk, we could not well carry on our occupation in such an event. We would like it understood that our alcoholic work is an avocation. When writing or speaking publicly about alcoholism, we urge each of our fellowship to omit his personal name, designating himself instead as a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Very earnestly, we ask the press also to observe this request, for otherwise we shall be greatly handicapped. We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. There are no fees or dues whatsoever. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. We are not allied with any particular faith, sect, or denomination, nor do we oppose anyone. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. We shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. We should like to be helpful to such cases. Inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed. Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay, I'm going to start my timer. There is a lot in this reading. There's anonymity, there's avocation, there's requirement for membership. I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with anonymity and a the time I broke my anonymity of my own um, choice. So uh, it is important that we remain anonymous because we are too few at present to handle the overwhelming number of personal appeals. So they thought, um, rightfully so, that if they put out that we have a solution to this problem, um, they would be bombarded with people who wanted the solution. And so I kind of had a situation like that where um, I was um, – heading up a, a group of moms and we talked about um, our faith and we talked about um, our life. And a lot of the women in this group of about 60 women, um, they would often comment about how much discipline I had and they wish they had my self-control. And uh, it felt like I was living a lie because um, I really have no discipline or no self-control and I'm a member of this, you know, 12-step program and that's how I was connected with God and my discipline comes from God. And so, um, in, in what I needed to share with them, God revealed to me that I needed to break my anonymity. I needed to be honest and share. So I stood up in front of all of them. And, and my fear was, okay, I'm going to be bombarded by all these women who want what I have. And they, they're going to want the solution. And, and, you know, what am I going to do? But it didn't matter. God was telling me to do it. So I did. I broke my anonymity. I told them, you know, um, how I was, I became unblocked and how, you know, I, I live in this way and my discipline does, you know, comes from God. And, and um, maybe a handful of women asked me questions about it and showed interest. Um, and then I directed them to the website and I never really heard much more about it. So um, I think with um, compulsive overeating, um, there's so many other options out there that appear an easier, softer way that um, somebody has to be really desperate before they want this solution. But I will continue to break my anonymity as God directs to um, not in the press or public or anything like that, but to people that in my life, because if somebody is desperate enough for that solution, I want them to know where to find me, where to find that solution. And so, um, you know, anytime somebody says, can I, can I tell my friend about you? Yes, please have them call me, give them my name, give them my number. Um, you know, that I want them to be able to find the solution. Um, other people in program even will sometimes say, can I, can I give my sponsor your number? Can, you know, can they call? Yes, please spread my number around to anybody that it may help. Um, and check my time. Okay. Um, 
And the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. I want to speak briefly about that. Um, I only have a few seconds, but um, this was confusing for me in the beginning because there were people in the rooms who were not real compulsive overeaters. They just wanted to stop eating compulsively. And so um, I had to kind of sort through who was a real compulsive overeater, who was working the steps, um, and who was just here for, uh, you know, to stop eating compulsively, but wasn't a real compulsive overeater because they didn't necessarily have to work the steps. And I needed to sort through that. And, thank you. And, and follow the people who had the solution that I needed, which was to follow the steps from the big book. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Allison L. Um, and who, um, well, we're, we're reading, again, if you just joined us, we are on page XIII, forward to the first edition, the second full paragraph through the end of the um, forward. And who would like to share on what was read today? This is Larry Kay. Kim G. Lamb. Harlan G. Joe A. Melissa C. Basha. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I missed, I know I missed somebody. Um, I got Larry K. And then there was someone before, after him, before Kim G. Monica T. I got, I've got Matt M., Harlan, Joe, Melissa. I'm sorry, somebody, who would you say? There was a female voice between Larry and Kim. Nicole T. Seneca T. Okay, I think it was Seneca T. Okay, so let's go with this, and then we'll, we'll pick up some more. I have, and if you'll tell me your, uh, the initial of your last name when you share, I have Larry K., Seneca T, Kim G, Matt M, Harlan G, Joe, and Melissa C. So, Larry, take it away. Okay, thanks so much for your service. I'm Larry K. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. The, uh, so, w- what we learn from our traditions, you know, I'll speak to anonymity, is that we, we, we remain anonymous relative to the general public. You know, as members of Overeaters Anonymous, we, we ought not, you know, be publicly identified as members. Um, in the press, radio, films, video, you know, TV, media, things that are disseminated to the general public. And for me, it's a humility thing. I think it always was. We, ha- we, we have no need to say how terrific we are <laughs> as individuals. And, and we think in this respect, the humility of OA will be far more attractive to the suffering compulsive overeaters that may come to this program than any amount of advertising, uh, self-promotion. And it's really a matter of trust. And Dr. Bob said something about this that I think is relevant here, so I'm going to quote him. He said, since our tradition of anonymity designates the exact level where the line should be held, it must be obvious to everyone who can read and understand the English language that to maintain anonymity at any other level is definitely a violation of this tradition. He goes on to say, the AA who hides his identity from fellow members by using only a given name violates the tradition just as much as the AA who permits his name to appear in the press in connection with matters pertaining to AA. So what I think what Dr. Bob was saying that was helpful to me was that if we're out there promoting and breaking our anonymity at the level of press radio and so forth, we are operating way below the level of anonymity that is intended and our egos are trying to get attention. You know, in this case, we've lost our humility. And we're spoiling the great blessing that we've been given here. 
And the truth is that any one of us may fail to stay abstinent as a result of our ego and failure to practice the steps in all our affairs. So we have to be mindful of that. So I can break my own anonymity in the process of trying to help another, but I'm never going to break your anonymity. I can break my own. I want you to be able to find me among members in this group. I don't want to be uh, hiding in a cave somewhere here. God's done for me what I couldn't do for myself, and I'm willing to give that to someone. They've got to be able to find me. But I'm not going to break your anonymity. So it's less about safety and more about just, uh, you know, just about, you know, ma- making sure that we're, um, that we're following the core traditions as they're laid out. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. And Seneca T, I think that's. Star one, then unmute. Okay, I certainly could have gotten that wrong. Can you hear wrong. me okay? Oh, I can hear you now, yes. Okay. Um, sorry, this is my first time uh, sharing. Um, I've had questions before. So um, I just wanted to uh, say thanks to everybody that um, is leading the meeting um, right now, um, I've been coming to, I've been listening to the meetings for right around 90 days or so. And uh, today was the first time that I thought that I would get the courage <laughs> to change the things that I can, and that is um, to speak up and to share. Um, those that share regularly have been a reminder um, that I can do this too and I'm grateful um, for that I have this tingly sensation right now that normally happens when something is uh, spiritually been given to me and I'm so grateful Um, what I got from the reading um, today the foreword to the first edition is there are no fees or dues whatsoever and that's still the same and um, I thought that's interesting that there's no fees or dues because a lot of times me my heart is easy to pay for something I don't I don't have an attachment to money I don't have an attachment to material things like that or I like material things but I don't I don't have an attachment to it so it's when it's something I believe in it's easy for me to give to it so I've been searching my heart for the amount that I would like to contribute to OA to keep this beautiful service going. Um, I've had family members die and suffer from um, from food-related illnesses, and I, I pray that, that that is not the path for me. Um, but uh, the fact that there are no fees or dues whatsoever, but the only requirement, the only requirement, um, which I don't hear a lot of requirements, in this book, but um, it's for membership is an honest desire to stop eating. An honest desire. Okay, so for me, I'm like, oh, gosh, I didn't realize how much I struggled with honesty (laughs) until I really started to look at and say for my sponsor, I don't want to tell her I ate that. I want to be good. I want to be good. And she said, well, being good is being honest, not, you know, trying to necessarily please her but 
to be good, to be good is to be honest, and that is the requirement. So am I one of you? Am I a compulsive overeater? Do I, do I meet the requirement for membership? Time. And thank you. And um, I just wanted to say today I do. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Seneca T. Kim G., you're up. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Kim Jam, a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm hoping to have time to kind of talk about two different things. And this idea of anonymity, it's real. I think we warp it so much, and, I, and the language is so specific. So it talks about when writing or speaking publicly about alcoholism. So anonymity has to do with outside the fellowship, which Larry was talking about. And I want to kind of, um, there's something that he said that, that somebody kind of corrected me at about me breaking my anonymity. I don't break my anonymity when I'm telling someone in OA, I'm in OA. I'm just choosing to tell people I'm in a fellowship because me telling someone 101 is not publicly. So I have to understand, I don't have to tell anyone I'm in OA, but I can choose to do that, but it's nothing to do with anonymity. I remember hearing a speaker say, talking about anonymity being only in the public realm, and he said, you know, unfortunately, we have a sister fellowship called Overeaters Anonymous that has taken anonymity to the point it's become a secret society and they can no longer help people. That really hurt my heart and ticked me off, but it also rang true. You know, another way that I think we warp this word is that when I hear someone say, you know, I heard someone say what I said in the meeting and they broke my anonymity, or I told my sponsor something in a fifth step and they broke my anonymity and told somebody something. That is not breaking anonymity either. That is breaking someone's confidence, which is wrong. But once again, it's not about anonymity. You know, I often hear people say, well, you know, you have to find someone that's recovered. You have to talk to recovered people. Can you tell me who your sponsor is? Oh, I can't tell you who my sponsor is. That would break her anonymity. You can choose to tell someone who your sponsor is or not. It has nothing to do with anonymity. And I personally, this is Kim belief, I personally feel it's mean. How can you tell someone to talk to recovered people and then not be willing to share who your sponsees are, who your mentors are, who other people are that are recovered on the, on the cloud of saying they're breaking their anonymity? We are here to help each other as a fellowship. We need to let each other know who has a message of depth and weight. And the last thing I'm going to talk about is they're saying here, getting results from this book. That's what they're interested in. They're not saying I'm interested in people who agree with what we wrote. They're not saying they're interested in talking to people that are still drinking. They're not saying they're interested in people who are using other methods, people who are getting results from this book. You know, we often talk about a sharing experience, strength, and hope. And I think about that when I'm in meetings and I talk to my sponsees about this. If you don't have experience with step three, you should not be talking about step three. If you don't have experience with doing a fifth step, you shouldn't be talking about a fifth step. You know, I know in my area is many meetings that every single person is in relapse. What kind of message are they sharing? I don't need to learn how to be a better compulsive overeater. I need to learn how to recover from compulsive overeating. And I think that's something we need to think about. We need to hear from people who are getting results from this book versus people that are still struggling in this disease. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And Matt M., your turn. There I am. Yeah, good morning, everyone. This is Matt. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, there are no dues or fees whatsoever. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop eating. 
you know, for me, like, you know, I, I do have the honest desire. And like if someone was saying, the anonymity uh, in the rooms is being taken to an extreme. How are we supposed to help each other if we don't know who, we, who each other are? You know, like, I have no problem sharing my full name with people on the phone. I have no problem giving them my social media. I'm, I'm, I'm a member of a, a, a group on Facebook that, from, from this group that does that, that that's on there, you know. So I know that for me, I want to be known because if I disappear, then people are going to know and I'll get phone calls because that's, the, that's one of the reasons why I don't have a problem saying who I am. But people do take it way too, way too much to extremes on the anonymity basis. And also, the purpose of, this, um, of the book is to be a manual uh, precisely to show how alcohol is how to get recovered. You know, that's what the purpose of this book is, and that's what it says starting in the first edition, the forward to the first edition. I have to commence to go out and do this work, but right now I'm working on myself to get myself recovered so I can go out and help others. But I do want people to know who I am because if I, if I don't, then what's the point, you know? Again, identity is only... only reference to the reference of film, television, media, and social media. You know, I don't say my whole name out on social media. It's my full name. I don't say that when I'm on the phone, when I'm with the, on the phone with another compulsive eater. I do, I do, I don't have any, any problem using my full name because that, 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 that's not the issue. You know, so I really think that, you know, someone said, yeah, we're not a secret society. We're not like, you know, we don't have to decode a ring. We don't have like secret, uh, secret handshakes or anything like that. So I'm grateful that for me, just for today, I, I have no problem identifying who I am as long as somebody within the fellowship and not the media. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. And Harlan G. Thank you very much, Lisa. And thank you to Team Monday as well as Lisa for making this magnificent meeting possible. And Larry, my friend, you covered it on the anonymity side. You took every word right out of my mouth. You covered it beautifully. Kim, you did too. I want to focus on something else, um, but just before I do, I just want to also give a little history here. Bill Wilson, I have to remember that during the 30s and the 40s, AA was really struggling in its adolescent period, but by the 50s and the 60s, as it grew exponentially, um, it was a marvel, and they wanted Bill Wilson to be Time Magazine's Man of the Year, and he refused. He said, well, they said to him, well, what if we just show your picture from the back? He said, no. What if we show your picture from a great distance? No, I'm not going to be the man of the year. I'm not going in the magazine. I can't do that. Um, but anyway, there's something else on page XIV, which is 14 in Roman numerals. It says at the top of the page, the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. And we look at Tradition 3, and the word honest isn't in there. And the reason that the word honest is not in there is because they, the, the Board of Trustees made Bill yank that word out of there. You see, a lot of us think that the traditions came out the same time as the steps. No, they did not. The traditions started getting introduced during the 1940s in Grapevine Magazine, and in 52, 53, the, 12 and, the AA 12 and 12 was written, and those essays about the steps were written to sell the fellowship on the traditions, and the traditions were ratified at the St. Louis Convention. Well, the steps and the traditions came out, what, 15 years, uh, between 35 and 55 uh, is, is 20 years, but you're talking 18 years. 
but the traditions came out later, and they made him yank that word out of there because they didn't really care what your desire was as long as you had one. And today, even in, in, in today's world, we have a lot of treatment centers pumping people into our rooms, and that's great. That's fine. And eventually, hopefully, they'll, they'll catch on and they'll want to recover. But that word honest desire was changed to desire to stop drinking because the motivation was unimportant at that time. They just wanted you to come in. And as my friend from Chicago says, willingness is highly, highly overrated. So this is a beautiful lesson in history between anonymity and tradition three. I love that we're covering this. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. And I have Joe next. If you'll give me the first initial of your last name, followed by Melissa C. Joe? I could have gotten that wrong. Joe, press star one. We can't hear you. All right. Hi, I'll try to come. Oh, I'm. I'm oh, sorry. This thank you. Joe. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought I was. This is Joe A. I am calling from outside of Cleveland, and I wanted to go back to the subject of anonymity. Um, a week ago today, I attended the funeral of a very dear friend who I met many years ago in this fellowship. And when I visited her in hospice a week before she passed, um, she said that uh, she and her, her church buddies were preparing her eulogy, and she um, wanted to mention her association with program, but she didn't want to um, you know, uh, break the tradition of anonymity. And I said, well, it's your eulogy. I think you can identify yourself. And she said, but I never lost my weight. I, didn't, I don't want to um, misrepresent Overeaters Anonymous. I don't want to embarrass the organization. <clears throat> and uh, when I was at her funeral mass and, and um, in the eulogy, they, they mentioned that she um, followed the 12 steps and uh, that she was a, um, uh, had been in program and she had a lot of program friends. So they never mentioned Overeaters Anonymous. She died of stomach cancer. She was unable to eat anything for the last year of her life. Um, in order to cure the, uh, uh, take care of the cancer, they would have had to remove her stomach. So um, anyway, uh, her walking into these rooms brought her closer to her relationship with God, and um, that began her journey um, as a, a volunteer in ch in her church. And she touched the lives of hundreds of children as they prepared for their sacrament. That church had over 200 people at her funeral mass. And I thought, who is, you know, who is more recovered, someone with their physical weight loss such as me or someone who impacted this many dear friends, not a dry eye was there. So um, that's all I wanted to say about, you know, someone who guarded the, the 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 protection of the program and died with such dignity, faith, and grace that she learned through following these steps. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Joe A. And next is Melissa C. Followed by Nicole P. Melissa. 
Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, what, what grabbed me this morning was the, that this is um, an avocation. This is not how we make our living. And, um, and I think, you know, our anonymity is related to that, that this is not, I do not do this 12-step work um, for profit, you know, and, and how different that is from every other diet um, plan that was ever brought to me. There was always somebody making a lot of money off of it. And, um, you know, and so it's it just, I was thinking this morning that um, a few years back, my sister-in-law approached me Thanksgiving. We were at my sister's house and, um, and, and my family clearly knows what I do, you know, that I work a 12-step program of recovery. Um, and that my eating is the same on Thanksgiving as on any other day. And um, my sister-in-law said to me, um, as you know, as we were eating, we were setting up our plates, she said, you know, you really should be a life coach. You could make a lot of money off of this. You know, like in your, maybe like after you retire from teaching, would you consider that? And, you know, um, first of all, <clears throat> my ego was definitely like, oh, look at me. I'm so great. I could be someone's coach of, of their life. And then, you know, and then I laughed um, because I am certainly not qualified to coach anybody in their life. My life was a shamble and I needed God to, to be my life coach, you know. Um, and so I think that's why this cannot be how we make our living. This cannot be how I make my living because if I start thinking that, that it's me, um, then I squeeze God out, and it's all me, and I, um, I am powerless. I am not God. I'm no substitute for God. Um, you know, and so I must continue to have my other occupation. Like, they were afraid, these men were afraid that if they put their last name out there, the press, everybody would get hold of them. They could not possibly make a living, you know, be able to continue on with their occupations. And, yeah, so I have to continue to get up in the morning and go to work, um, and but work my recovery as well, you know. And so when I'm at work, um, do I share what it is that I have with people? Absolutely. That to me is not anonymity. That's, um, you know, I carry a message. I am a living, breathing, walking miracle. And when people ask me, what did you do, how did you know, how have you lost this weight, you're so disciplined, blah, 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 I have to tell them what it is that I do. I must be honest. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And Nicole P., you're next. I might have gotten that wrong. Star one, Nicole. Star, star one to unmute. Okay, maybe Nicole will come back around. If you're just now joining us, um, we are in uh, in the big book on the forward to the first edition, page X I I I, beginning with the first uh, second full paragraph. Excuse me. It is important that we remain anonymous through the end of the forward on X I V. Um, who else would like to share on what was read? Nancy, Lara, Mary B, Barbara Amy e. G, Rose M, Amy G, uh, Amy 
Okay, sorry. I, I know I missed some people. Um, I got Vasa O, Barbara E, Amy G, and Mary B. Probably I Nancy got like one Rose Nancy M. And Rose M. Let's stop there. So this is who I have. I have, hopefully we'll get you all in. Um, Vasa O, Barbara E, Amy G, Mary B, Nancy R, and Rose M. All right, Vasa, your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Lisa, I believe, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recover compulsive overeater, calling from Florida now. So I, at the beginning, I was very, very skeptical when I came to Overeaters Anonymous uh, to say anything about, about me, what I was doing, and especially I, was, I didn't want to tell my husband because I know he would have said, Oh, it's just another phase you're going through, and one more thing you're trying to, and it's not going to work, you know. So I kept my mouth shut. But the longer, I, I mean, I knew right from the beginning this was for me. You know, they, I felt at home, you know, hearing other people's stories, but I didn't want to say anything too much. And uh, by now, everybody knows, pretty much everybody knows what I do, my families. I mean, how could I, I have a, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a second chance to life. How could I keep the secret, you know, what am I doing, how I cannot pass it to others? And then at the beginning, I was beginning to tell people, you know, friends, my friends, I'd go to people that wanted it, wanted it or didn't want it. I want to tell, tell them the good story, the solution I had found, found. And some of them wanted to hear it and some of them didn't, you know. Most of them didn't want to hear it, really. They didn't. So I learned to keep my mouth shut. If the opportunity came and I would share, I'd break my anonymity. And I do respect other people's anonymity because some people do not want their families or friends, a workplace, to know that they are in uh, in 12-step program. So, uh, but myself, I do break my anonymity I, 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 there was a friend, my neighbor, you know, she had, she's struggling with the food and I saw her walking, you know, and I had seen her husband, I was walking our grandkids and I had asked how his wife was doing, oh yeah, she's walking, she's trying to lose weight and she's doing good. So anyways, I did uh, go and talk to her, I said, you know, I know you've been struggling with the food and I brought the newcomers pack to her. And we sat in front of the porch, and we talked about it. She said, well, yeah, I heard about Overeaters Anonymous, but there's no meetings around here. I said, oh, yeah, this one Tuesday night meeting has been going for 32 years. I've been in it. And I talked a little bit about my, myself, and I just handed her to her, and I left it and leave her alone. I, I'm, you know, I do extend my hand to other compulsive overeater, and I tell them, you know, but I'm not responsible for their recovery. I can, you know, I hand the, it's I'm like a, the mailman. I hand them the letter, and then it's up to them to do whatever they want to do. And, <clears throat> I mean, the only requirement to be a membership, of, you know, is to have the desire to stop eating. And I, I knew I was honest. I had this desire, and I was willing Hi. to stop. I'll wrap it up, compulsive eater. I'm just so grateful. I mean, I have a lot that I never imagined I would have today. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. And Barbara E., it's your turn. Thank you so much, and uh, 
Thank everyone for their service. Well, I'm going to be repeating a lot of what has been said because of a lot a lot of it applies to me. Uh, our Overeaters Anonymous, we have one common goal, to relieve our compulsive eating, to achieve a healthy body weight and maintain that healthy body weight. The fancy wrapped paper that I heard about when I first came in 21 years ago was that I might achieve emotional and spiritual relief as well. I came in for a diet. Let's be honest about it. But it's now 21 years later, and I've lost the weight. And I realized that the fancy wrapping paper was not the emotional and spiritual. It was the gem, the diamond, the emerald within the box. The fancy wrapped paper was the weight loss because I'd lost the weight before, nine times before, over 100 pounds each time. I don't care whether you are, you are coming in because you're binging and purging or restricting or just eating out of control. We are all here for a common purpose. And I personally really don't care whether you're a 100 pound loser or 400 pound loser where you came in with 10 pounds to lose, compulsive overeating, abusing our bodies, which are temples, is just not healthy, not healthy for me. And I don't care whether you're a moderate, a hard, or a real overeater. All I know is that I have to match up with the correct sponsor for me. I am a compulsive overeater. I'm a real overeater. I'll overeat on anything It's not just sugar and flour. It can be diet, hard candy. It can be chewable medicine. It can be fruits, vegetables, you name it. There's nothing I won't eat compulsively when I allow myself to go there. So I don't do it. And as far as my anonymity is concerned, I break it. I tell everyone about OA proudly because I want everyone to have the joy of finding relief in this program. I won't share your anonymity, but I might share your message because your messages are so profound to me. Thank you so much for your service, everyone. I pass. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Barbara E. And Amy G., you're up. Good morning. Thank you for your service to Team Monday. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. Um, I just want to focus as well on the only requirement for membership is the desire to stop drinking. You know, we are in the forward, and we have this whole rest of the first 164 pages to go through the instructions of this book. The idea of being a member, I mean, I can be a member. That's certainly the only requirement, but the requirement to be recovered is the process of working the 12 steps as it's instructed in this book. Let us not forget, or I can speak from my own experience, that I spent the first almost five years in this program, and I absolutely was a member, and I absolutely had a desire, but I absolutely did not work this program as it was instructed. And therefore, I got nothing, uh, except more compulsive overeating and more chronic relapse. So the reality is we're in the forward to the addition years. Yes, that's the requirement. Only I can decide if I'm going to be in this program or not. Only I can have that desire. Only I can choose 
to walk into the doors of Low Readers Anonymous or listen on the phone for Vision for You or be online or any plethora of ways that we can access an Low Readers Anonymous meeting. But then what do I do then? What happens then? Am I just going to be a member for decades and do nothing? You know, or am I going to work the steps? Am I going to do what is outlined in this big book to do to get to recovered? That's what they're asking in the final end of these these uh, sentences here about they want to see the results. So be a member, yes, that's the start, but it's only the beginning for us. It's only the beginning, or it was only the beginning for me. Now comes the process of the instruction and what we need to do in order to then be recovered. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And Mary B., you're up. Hi, this is Mary B. Did you call me? Yes, I did. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Mary B. Gratefully Recovered in Central California. And I want to share very quickly. We are studying the textbook of Alcoholics Anonymous. And so many times we rightly express our gratitude to Bill W. and Dr. Bob for putting this together. But I want to remind us this morning that we also have a history, and there may not be too many of us left who were lucky enough to be there at the beginning as I was. And Roseanne was the one who inspired me to come back to my second meeting. And she was my sponsor for uh, a brief time, but over Many years I attended meetings where she was. And if she was at the meeting or if her name came up, it was always mentioned that she was our founder. And as a um, a, a person with a very vivid imagination, I would think, uh, you know, my mother was a gambler. What if I had taken my mother to a Gamblers Anonymous meeting? I might have thought that this program might help me with my food problem. I might have gone home and tried to apply it to my, myself. But what I would not have been either willing or able to do, that she did. She had young children. I had three sons under the age of five. And I, the husband that I was married to at the time would never have been willing to allow me to do what Roseanne's husband did. She used to talk about her losing her dining room table because it was just full of correspondence and this literature that she was creating and trying to respond. Uh, Overeaters Anonymous was mentioned on the radio a couple of times and and the uh, the mail that came flooding in and, and the literature that was photocopied and folded and uh, all the work that she did. I just wanted to remind us this morning and to express my gratitude to her and all that she did, and those people. I was not one of them, but there were quite a few people in those early meetings who went to her home and helped her to respond and to grow this 
wonderful organization that over 300 people on this phone this morning are a party to. So thank you very much, Roseanne. Thank you all for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Mary B. And Nancy R., please go ahead. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for your moderation. And I'd like to thank everybody who shared this morning, everybody who's on the line, the people that make this possible. I just want to say thank you. Uh, in regards to anonymity, I've been in the program for a lot of years, and uh, I've really seen um, the concept uh, done by some people to the extent that somebody gets sick uh, and you go to the hospital, you can't visit them because you know nothing about them. But uh, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I don't care who knows it as long as I don't forget it. I have, been, I have a life that I could not uh, imagine. I, I, the life that I have today, I could never imagine. I really thought I was saddled with this malady forever. But today I am totally free. And I was taught by my sponsor that if I'm going to keep this, I must give it away. And she didn't say I have to just give it away in the rooms. Whenever I see anybody who is... Uh, who, who appears now? Everybody who's I understand. Everybody who's overweight is not a compulsive overeater. But whenever I see anybody who uh, look who appears to be sick and suffering, I ask God, God, show me how I can help them. Whether I I'm, sometimes it's just in passing, nothing happens. But whenever I see anybody that I think might benefit from this program, that's my prayer. God, show me how I can help this person. How I can pay, share this message with them. I, um, I'm an avid swimmer, and I, I go to the YMCA, and there are a lot of women there who I see in the, in the weight rooms and in the pools, and they're working hard. And I always pray, God, show me how I can help them. And uh, sometimes, you know, I'm given an opportunity. I keep a picture of myself in my wallet at my top weight, and I enter a conversation with them, and uh, the conversation, I always ask God to direct my thoughts and my actions because each, indi- each individual is different. So I can't have a pat uh, conversation. It's however the conversation leads. And whenever I get an opportunity to show them what this program has done for me, I'm amazed how many people have never heard of OA. So whenever I'm given an opportunity to share this message, I consider it a blessing. And uh uh, some of them come, you know, some of them have come to some of the meetings. Uh, many of them have not, but I feel that at least I've given them the information. And that's just a small measure of me passing on the wonderful, wonderful blessings I receive in this program. I could talk all day about what this program has done for me, but I'll close and uh, thank you for your service. Thank you, Nancy R. And Rose M., your turn. Hi, um, this is Rose M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater um, from the Philadelphia area. Um, and when I um, when I was reading about this um, anonymity and um, and remaining anonymous, it it really reminded me of um, just what I was struck by when I first started being um, involved in the fellowship. Um, that there was just so much love, and people just wanted to help me, and they didn't want anything for it. 
um, I was, you know, before um, before I found the fellowship, I was in a situation that um, a lot of us were probably in, um, where people were capitalizing off of my illness. Um, I was in situations over and over and over again um, where I was so desperate um, that I was paying money because I thought it was going to make me better. Um, I even remember sitting down and having a conversation with my husband where we knew, we knew I had a problem. And um, he said, uh, let's, within reason, I will pay any amount of money so that, so that you can, you know, be healthy, so that, so that we can get rid of this problem. And um, over and over and over again, um, I was in situations where people were even saying, like, you know, you're out of control, so this is what you have to do. You have to pay us this money so that you can get better. And it was just keeping me in a prison. Um, and um, I think anonymity means safety for me. It means that um, that the group um, agrees that we care for each other, that we place um, that we place one another's recovery um, and 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 the overall good above personal gain. Um, and you know, the other thing um, the other thing that I just think is um, kind of interesting is that. Um, you know, AA had its roots in the Oxford group, um, which um, believed in Christianity as a belief structure. Um, there are actually a lot of stories in the Bible where um, Jesus had basic problems with huge mobs of people, like crowd control. He couldn't spread his message as effectively at times um, because of that. Um, and maybe maybe they were looking at that example, maybe not. Um, and the other thing is, too, a lot of people came to, you know, Jesus wanting physical healing. Um, and I think similarly, um, a lot of us um, want that physical healing, of course. Um, and the thing that we, the thing that we really gain, um, the most important thing is a spiritual recovery. Um, so, and, you know, the other thing that anonymity means to me is that um, my recovery doesn't depend on a particular person. Um, almost like a celebrity type person um, that that my recovery um, my recovery depends on my relationship with God and how i how I build that relationship every day with God. Um, you know, and I also appreciate the discussions we've been having about um, do I use the concept of anonymity to hide? Um, because if I do, then the consequence is that um, the message isn't being spread to others who um, need to hear the message. Um, and, and I realize, you know, that's, that's something that, um, you know, we have to pray about how we share the message. Um, so um, anyways, um, just want to say I'm so appreciative for the conversation and the fellowship this morning. And um, with that, I, um, I pass. Thank you, Rose M., and thank you to everyone who shared today. Uh, the share ID for this meeting, Monday, November 6th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 10641. Again, that's 10641. We'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Elizabeth H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end. Good morning. Uh, 
Good morning. Thank you, Lisa, for your service. Elizabeth H., Grateful Recovered Overeater in Orlando, Florida. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.